Hi guys, gals, non-binary pals. Welcome back to Magic Manuscripts and Mysteries. I'm Melissa. And I'm May. And today we're going to be talking about the best books of 2022 that we read. Yeah, we're going to give you a little bit of insight into what we read, how we liked it, mostly just the ones that we particularly liked this year slash had more of an impact on us. Talk about a little bit kind of what we had a goal to read this year, how many we actually achieved, <laughs> uh, and then a little bit of information on those books for y'all. So to start off, May, what was your goal to read this year? Oh gosh, it was 10. I said my goal very, very low. I was going to set it for five, and then I went, no, be a little bit more ambitious. And my ambitious is 10. Your ambitious is not 10. How many <laughs> did you set for a goal? <laughs> So typically, I put my goal in the like 100 range. Um, So last year, I think I read 123 books. But at that point in time, because I was in quarantine, it was very easy for me to do that. And this was happening while I was acquiring books for my job. And I don't think I understood the amount of burnout (laughs) I would get from that. Because not only am I reading 120 plus books for fun, I'm also reading at least 300 other submissions at my work. You're insane. So I probably read around 400 books. In the best way. You are (laughs) insane in the best way. One day, I hope to grow up and be like you. So for this year, I decided for 2022 that I was going to take it easy and I was going to half my goal. So I set my goal to read 60 books. Oh my goodness. It just, that's, I could never. Oh, also I had one, one year. I had a year. So I knew it was already starting out saying 10 with all the stuff that I knew I was going to do this year. It was definitely right for me. Mm-hmm. 60. I Literally, I would never even put that on my Goodreads. I would never even let anybody know I'm that much ambition to read. Oh my gosh. So I would never meet it. Out of my 10, I've read nine. I'm currently reading the 10th book now. So hopefully I will reach my 10 by Saturday. If not, you know what? I've accepted defeat before. I'll accept it here. Also, going to be gracious to myself and also... Everyone here, reading is not a competition mm-hmm. in any way. Sh- this really shows how people read differently. I go in bursts. So I'll read two to three books and then I'll need a break. So that's why it takes me some time. But big, your brain is just constantly <laughs> wanting those stories. And you definitely make more time for it in your life than I do. I'm very bad at that. I won't make time because I want to spend more time in my brain with my characters that I just read about. So mm-hmm. then it'll stop me from reading more because I want to I wanna maladapt a daydream a little bit more with those characters. Well, I think also it kind of speaks to what genres we're reading too because I feel mm. like when you're reading really dense, heavy fantasies, I yeah. have the tendencies to kind of like, especially if I love the characters, I'll kind of stay with those characters for a while. Mm-hmm. But if I'm reading like standalone mysteries or thrillers, I'm not going to want to daydream like I do with my fantasies. Yeah. I typically read about six books a month on an average, but like there are some months where I'll read 13. <laughs> it just kind of depends. It really just depends on how vivacious of a reader you are that month and if you have time for it, if there's any good books out, really. Yeah. And so I read out of my goal of 60. Out of my 60, I will count books that I edit once they're on Goodreads. 
just because I'm like, I want to give my authors like a five star rating just to kind of kick things off right for them. Um, so some of these, some of these do count as like books I work on, but only after like I've acquired them, they've been edited by me. And so I'll count those, but like, obviously the manuscripts I'm reading that I don't acquire, I'm not going to add those on because they don't exist in quotations in traditional publishing. So it won't go up on Goodreads. So out of that 60, I'd say like maybe I think I did like seven books this year that were published. Um, So out of that 60, seven are mine. And then I've read 65 books this year. And then I'm probably going to finish off the year with like 67 or so. You are aware we have four days. I can do math. Four days until the end of the year. You're going to finish two books in four days. You know what? I'm not going to question it. I'm not. (laughs) That would be, that'd be stupid. I don't know what I'm doing. No, you're, of course you can finish those books. You, you've got. I've got the entire week off. (laughs) I'm going to do great. You all. Oh yeah, no. If you have the entire week off, I I I'm still working. I I take breaks and then I read, which is a lot for my brain because I read for my job as well. So, I'm also I'm reading and I'm writing for my job as well. So for mm-hmm. me, oh, that idea of burnout is huge. Like yeah. I burned myself out today, and I definitely know I did that. And I'm very salty that I didn't stop myself from the burnout and didn't recognize the signs. I definitely burned myself out today. First day back at work and I burned myself out. Too ambitious. And that's why breaks are important. (laughs) But I guess kind of going on, let's maybe talk. I'll talk about our three favorite, most impactful reads. Uh, Maybe I'll say a book and then you talk about a book and we'll just bounce back until we've done that. I guess just to preface this, I've had a really hard time reading this year going back. I don't recognize my signs of burnout as much. I'm still learning that. And so I got burnt off from like having my first job and then I moved to a different state. And then I like, I know these are all good things. Uh, and I moved, I went to visit Ireland for a week and London for another week. So like, I really did have a lot of things happening in my life this year, but not things that would have given me more downtime to read. It's a lot of go, go, go and a lot of change. So for me, when I'm stressed or I'm anxious or something's happening that's getting me like a little bit excited or riled up a little bit, I suppose, I don't read as much. So this year, did not read as much. But I did read three very impactful books that are going to probably impact how I'm going to change, how I'm going to read this coming year, basically. Uh, The first one is Shadow and Bone by, and I'm so sorry if I say her last name wrong, but Leah Bardugo, 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 I got it right the first time. Give it a little bit information. You as a reader jump into a world where there's magic, death, and darkness everywhere. Uh, there are these people called Grisha who are magic users who have their own specific talents. Uh, we mainly follow Alina on her journey to help save her people from an ever-growing rift, which is exactly what it sounds like. It's a giant space made of complete darkness filled with dangerous creatures that's separating her country from one half. Uh, so you you kind of follow her journey to kind of help save her people here. I love this book because I I'm, we're both big, huge fans of world building and fantasy. And I think Verdugo does a great job of setting up this world here that's fantastical and amazing and filled with magic, but also such darkness that it's like captivating. And I think she does 
a fantastic job building the map as well as like giving us some interesting insights to the world without blatantly just going, this is how it works. Because you're kind of learning along with Alina here. But I do have to say, this was my favorite book in the series and I was not a fan of the other two as much. I liked Alina for the first book a little bit. And then I didn't like her as much for the second two. But that's my preference. I know Big really loved this book series. Uh, I just, one, I didn't like the love interest that she had. And then I just didn't, I'm not going to spoil anything. I didn't like the ending as much. And I like something that has a lot more comic relief to it. And if you're a huge fan of dark fantasy, go for it. This is your book. This is the style you would want to go for everything. It's fantastic for those readers who are like, I need some darkness in my life. Let me just have my soul ripped from my body constantly. It's very dark, very depressing at times for me, I thought. Uh, But if you really like that stuff, definitely for you. It did change, however, how I'm going to be reading because I'm going to be reading a lot more of her books. I do love the world itself. I'm going to be reading Six of Crows next. I have the book, the first one, because one of my friends really, really suggested it. So going to read her next book that's set in there. And then I think I'm going to read the spinoff series called, I think it's The King of Scars. Which follows my favorite character, which is Big's least favorite character. I think because he's the comic relief of the whole place. (laughs) And also he's like, kind of cute and funny, snarky, full of himself, compared to a fox multiple times. And he has my whole heart. He has my whole heart. This fictional man has my whole heart. But I'll be reading his series. I'm really excited about it. But I got to get through Six of Crows first. But that's my first one. How about you? Yeah. So besides the books that I edited this year at my job, shout out to my authors, I had a lot of books that I ended up either DNFing, so did not finish, or I just read them and I just did not enjoy them. So finding my three books this year was a little bit harder than previous years. I also read a lot of nonfiction for some reason this year. I have not ever really been a nonfiction reader. So that was an interesting change for me as I was looking through like all the books I read this year. I was like, oh, there's a lot more nonfiction than there have been in previous years. So I'm not sure what that says about me, but, but that was my choice in reading this year. So my first one up, when I read this book, I immediately texted May and I was like, this is going to be my best book of the year. Mm-hmm. We need to have, and it was kind of like the impetus of us making this podcast of like mm-hmm. this episode. And I was like, this needs to be on there. Number one, it's called A River in Darkness by Masaji Ishikawa. So it is a nonfiction book about his escape from North Korea. Um, and he does not shy away from any of the things that he has endured while he was in North Korea. So he was born, I believe it was in Japan. And his family was like half half Japanese, half Korean. And there was a program where North Korea allowed uh, people to come back from Japan. And they moved there thinking that it was going to be this amazing, spectacular kind of like new way uh, to live. And of course, as we all know, North Korea isn't actually that great. Um, And so it kind of follows his life as he lives there and makes a family there and his eventual escape from North Korea. It is just really, it's not, it's not a heartwarming read. It is not 
a light read. There are some like graphic descriptions of like what he had to endure while he was there. But it's one of those books that at the end, you kind of close it. And you're like, kind of like, there's a desire to want to do good after reading it. And kind of like your eyes are more open to the information that he's given. And just kind of like an, a, a feeling of wonder that he's been able to just withstand that after all those years. So not not a lighthearted <laughs> read by any means. I love how both of our first ones are dark. Mine fantasy-wise, but yours non-fiction-wise. That's terrifying. But such such a good read. If you like non-fiction, even if you don't like non-fiction, you know what? It's good. Oh, yeah. Branch out. Branch out. I don't normally read non-fiction, but I can tell you if big, if she says it's good, like if my big sister says it's good, it's good. <laughs> it's good. Trust me. I trust her. So I probably won't read this one for some time because as I said, I need some happy. Right. I need some light. Um, if it's like maybe when I'm more light myself, light and airy, I can read it a little bit more. I think I started reading it at one point because you told me it was so good. And I went, ah, I don't know if I can do this right now. But definitely always take her word. The books are great. She got me to read The Five, which was what we read for the Jack the Ripper one. And I didn't know at first because I am not a nonfiction reader. It's not my thing. I have to say, almost made this list. It was hanging by a thread. And then I had to pop it out because I remembered I read a book, which technically I didn't say is first. I just said Shadow and Bonus first because it's the first one that I wrote down because it's heavily impactful to what I'm reading this coming year. But... My last one is probably my like favorite book that I've read this year, but the five, she was close. She was so close. She was almost there. And I don't read nonfiction. So she says it's good. It's good. Branch out. But I guess with that, I'll share my second book, which uh, it's actually a poetry book. It's The Shift by Melody Godfrey. So the author beautifully captures the changes that many of us went through at the beginning and the end of the pandemic, having a beautiful poem that speaks to the tragedy of basically life and depression on the left side, but hope and inspiration and change on the right for a better life and has all of these depictions of monarch butterflies on there, uh, which is a beautiful sign for changing and coming out of hard, difficult times. So I loved her poetry. I my, my cousin gave it to me. I actually completely marked up the book. I have dog paid, I've doggy paged like five or six poems that I really loved that I can go back to. Some of them the very dark, deep parts, some of them the light, hopeful thing. But I really suggest that if you love poetry. They, I'm just getting into poetry now, but I really thought it was well done, well written. She has some illustrations in there to match her poems. So and especially good for those people right now who are going into the new year, hoping for a little bit of a change in things and still trying to heal those wounds that the pandemic caused for all of us. But I thought it was beautiful. Yeah, I feel like I'm not very much... I gotta be in the right <laughs> mood for poetry. I mm-hmm. usually write it more than I read it, <laughs> especially during college and undergrad. But um, yeah, after, after undergrad, I haven't really been much of a poetry reader. My second book was Gone for Good by Joanna Scheffenhausen. I read a lot of thrillers. I read a lot of mysteries. This was a police procedural, which usually means that there are police as the main characters, um, featuring 
Detective Annalisa Vega um, and her investigation into a serial killer that was a, a cold case previously. This is my first book by this author, but I really, really enjoyed it. I really loved um, Annalisa Vega is kind of like this really feisty protagonist, which I always love seeing in my books. And it was clear that the author did a lot of research into what serial killers kind of look like and how they, you know, stalk their their uh, intended targets. And there was a lot of well done research that kind of like layered on elements of this book. That's so cool. I definitely will be adding that one in because I like thrillers. I don't read them as much as I, I used to. I used to read them, I feel like a lot more, but I am... I'm not a standalone book type of gal. I like so this my is a series. series. This is a series. Never this mind. Is a series. We're this adding is the first it. in a series. Um, oh. she has she had a second one that just came out, and then her publisher just bought two more books from her. Oh my gosh! Yes. Okay. I will be adding it to my ever growing TBR list, which <laughs> is overwhelming me at this point. But it's fine. We're gonna make it through. Uh, <laughs> I love that though. I. I love anything with a good mystery. Add in a serial killer in that book and you've got me. I'm sold. I don't know what that says about me either. This <laughs> might need to be studied. I guess with that, I'll go to my last one. And it's definitely not the least. And it's definitely... Okay, I'm reading the next book in the series now. Spoiler. Uh, that I am reading that. But this book series, I love. I definitely rave about this author a lot. So, uh, King, <laughs> I do. I love her. Uh, Kingdom of the Curse by Carrie Montescalo. Scalco? Scalo? I am sorry. I mispronounced your name. But she is amazing. She wrote Stalking Jack the Ripper. I absolutely love her writing style. I love her characters. I love this book. It's the second book in the Kingdom of the Wicked series. Um, so give a little bit more context about the series. You follow a young witch on her way to try to find out who murdered her sister, who is her twin. And she might have accidentally summoned the personification of the Prince of Hell, Wrath, to help her do so. So you kind of follow this, this witch during, I think it's like the... 1800s time frames. I don't know. I don't know if she's ever specified or if I completely overlooked that, but it's definitely in that style of dress from when I remember and what I'm reading now. Corset, everything like that, which, mm, good, bring it to me. I love me a good corset, different styles like that in a book. Love it so much. Um, I'm actually reading the last book now. I did write in here that I have the last book, but I can't get myself to read it right now because I don't want to say goodbye to the characters. Then I started talking about the book earlier to you, and I went, no, this is my next book. <laughs> I have, I miss these characters, and it's not like they're good people. That's the thing. They're not good people, but you love them, and I can't help but love her writing, and the characters are so deep and so thought out and well done and you never know what's really going to be happening like I don't know how many twists and turns this book series has had that I just couldn't see coming and I'm really good like I'm that person in the movie theater that can catch what's happening and I can tell you what the end of the movie is about 20 minutes in like that's me so if you can really throw me for a loop during a book props props to you that's I just, I love her so much and I really hope she writes more because I need to devour more. I know this is the last book in this series, but I can't. I don't want it to end. Don't worry, I, she's got more books coming. Oh, yes. Thank you. <laughs> I love having you. <laughs> 
But that's my last one. Definitely my favorite. Definitely going to be contender with the book that I am reading now, which is the third one. But I love her. I love her this to death. And I love this series to death. Um, my last book of the year, of my best three of the year. Um, again, a nonfiction book, which who would have thought? Um, <laughs> certainly not me because I'm not a nonfiction reader. And yet here we are. You are. Um, you are. Accept your fate. You are now a nonfiction as reader. As of 2022, I am. Um, <laughs> it is I'm Glad My Mom Died by Jeanette McCurdy. It is her um, autobiography. Um, so Jeanette McCurdy, as some of you may know, was the co-star of iCarly. Um, she was like the iconic character of Sam Puckett, um, the same person who would have like the butter sock and kind of beat people with it. Um, I love the butter sock. The butter sock. Yeah. She was, like, the quintessential, like, quirky but tough girl um, that was kind of portrayed on iCarly. But when you peel back the layers of her, in this book, she really does a deep dive into how she was raised, how she got to be on the cast of iCarly, and kind of the, the landmines and the stumbling into how she got into this role when she never wanted to be an actress in the first place. And it's a really eye-opening account of Jeanette McCurdy and kind of everything she endured to get to where she was and how unhappy she was when she got there. I will say the ending was a bit rushed. It's always hard for an autobiography, I find, because like the person is still living and it's still, Mm -hmm. you know, their, their things are still ongoing. So that's kind of a bit harder to like finish up. And I will say she drops a couple of bombs at the end, almost like a, what is it called? Like a doorknob confession on your way out. (laughs) And I read the audio of it. So you can definitely hear at times her voice kind of catches when she's saying something that's really emotional for her. But this was a really good read and it kind of, it opens your eyes up to, for someone who like idolized those people on Nickelodeon and Disney Channel seeing what they went through after having been like oh I want to be like them one day like I really wanted to be or like look like or be like Victoria Justice or like Jim McCurdy or the Miranda from iCarly too like you know, because when you're looking up at those characters like you there as a young girl like you want to be them mm-hmm. but now seeing as an adult from behind the scenes, it's kind of like, oh, there was, of course, like every other person on this planet, there was a lot more going on behind the scenes that no one was aware of. Yeah, I feel like more and more stars are coming out to talk about how their childhood was incredibly rough in the Hollywood industry, which props to them for coming out and talking about such a difficult and hard situation. This is actually on also my list of books to read. I just need to be in the right mindset. Mm-hmm. I didn't know she read for her own audiobook. Yeah, sometimes they'll do that with um, people if they find that it'll be like extra influential. So like mm. I know she did hers. Jason Reynolds, who is a, a middle grade and children's book writer, he did a couple of his. They'll usually do it if like one, the author has a good speaking voice or they think that there will be an impactful element of the author reading it themselves. Yeah, it's her story, so definitely incredibly impactful having it come from her. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think those are all of our books, our top three, which let me tell you, it's picking these out, incredibly difficult. I didn't read that many, and the ones I did read, I usually give five stars to. I didn't like two of the books I read this year, but usually I'm not picky. Uh, if you make me smile and laugh and you give me warm-hearted feelings and I love you to death and you, I don't know, your name is Carrie Maniscalco, I love you. 
I will love your books. Uh, so I'm not. <laughs> say, I'm very picky. So it's hard for me to pick three that I thought were good enough to be on this list. So I, we have both ends of the spectrum here. We do. I'm easy. I'm easy to please usually. I'm really surprised that I didn't like two of the books I've read this year. Normally I'm really good. Uh, I think I only disliked one book I read the year prior. And that's because I was in a book club and it just, it wasn't bad. That's the thing. It just wasn't my cup of tea. Books I don't like are normally just not, they're not because they're bad. It's just because I just don't, I don't like the characters. I don't like the plot. It's not spaced out as well as I wanted it to be. Some things are really unrealistic, even if it's a not really our world type thing, which was the book that I was reading last year that I didn't like that everyone else seemed to care for. But that is another topic. But I hope we find some good books for you this year so that maybe, maybe distance yourself from nonfiction. Maybe that would be helpful. Maybe. You say that in the voice of, I am not. I, I'm a mood reader, so I will read whatever strikes my mood that day. Mm. Okay. I'm a character reader. Sometimes I'll just return to books to be with the character. My comfort characters are not the greatest. Though. But I think that is all for, I guess, this year, maybe. Wow. Okay. Well, 2022, you were here... You gave us some good books to read. Very appreciative of that. You can leave now. And I want to say a big thank you to everyone that's listened so far. I mean, we started this podcast in in August and kind of with just a bare bones idea of of an idea and it came to it. And um, it's been really great seeing everyone listening and kind of the the support we've been getting. Um, So that's always great to see. Yeah, we would love to interact with y'all more as well. I think Instagram is going to get a little bit more of a, a boost, a little bit of a facelift in the upcoming year. We've got some plans for that. So stay tuned for some really fun topics and I hope you guys are really enjoying it. We enjoy doing it and talking about this stuff that really intrigues us in these podcasts and we hope to be doing some more in the new year. And so for the last time of 2022, (laughs) I guess we're signing off. So our intro and outro music are Forest Lullaby by artist L-E-S-F-M. Thank you, Nick, so much for editing this podcast. Uh, We'd love if you could rate us five stars on Spotify or Apple Podcasts wherever you're listening. It really helps our discoverability and promotes us in the algorithm. Follow us on social media at Magic Manuscripts and Mysteries on Instagram and email us at Magic Manuscripts Mysteries at gmail.com. Links to our research can be found in our show notes, which is at Magic Manuscripts Mysteries.wordpress.com. Thank y'all again. Bye, guys. <laughs>